This is the Alpaca Podcast for all things alpaca. If you're an owner, a soon-to-be owner, a want-to-be owner, or are just alpaca mad or love the fleece, welcome to the Alpaca Tribe. I'm Steve Hetherington. Hi, Steve here. So glad you could join us again and thanks for listening. We are all on a journey, from somewhere to somewhere. Sometimes we know where we're going, but often this just develops over time with a few twists and turns along the way. Steve and Emma Cooper are great examples of people who begin small with a few alpacas and find themselves with a herd of about 45. They've worked hard at making use of the fleece, and as you will hear, Steve does quite a bit of travelling to different markets in order to sell the produce. The journey continues, and they're looking for further developments. The exciting thing about keeping alpacas is that you can start and stop where you want to. It's okay to be small, and it's okay to grow larger. I hope that you enjoy this episode and hearing Steve's journey. Steve and Emma are based in West Wales in Pembrokeshire, and have been in their present farm about three years. So I travelled west to meet him on the farm. Here's Steve. Hi. Hi. Thank you for agreeing to meet up today. It's been really good to, to catch up. I've heard a, a bit about what you're doing and watched what you've been doing online. So it's, it's really great to, to meet up. So thanks very much for doing that. Um, firstly, just I ask everybody, when did you meet your first alpaca and what did it make you feel? Uh, so I met my first alpaca about uh, six years ago in Salisbury. Um, we'd read the Smallholders magazine and thought we'd have a little trial and see how we go. So we went on a husbandry course down in Salisbury and um, we then come back with five alpacas um, and basically we just, you know, their character um, and the way they come across uh, was more inquisitive than the other animals that we had sort of thing. So that's what's made us um, sort of start it and, you know, go for them sort of thing because they had that character and they were more than just a, a normal bit of livestock. Um, yeah. sort of thing. It was more than a sheep, more than a pig. It was it was a more of an animal with a character and a personality, um, yeah. sort of thing. I, I always describe it as, as having a bit more behind the eyes. Yeah, when, yeah, when basically. You engage with sheep and it, it's yeah. fairly basic. Yeah, there's so a few exceptions. Sheep but, uh, feed me, give yeah. me some water, and put yeah. me out in the field, and that's about it, sort Very of thing. Happy, so, yeah. <laughs> so start with five. Yep. And so, how did that? then grow on from there? Yes, then we basically, well, what we basically did first of all is we only kept uh, male alpacas, uh, just like as pet males, and then we'd send their fleece off. The trouble we found that we had by having so little is that people then didn't want to produce the fleece for us, um, because obviously most meals only take 25 kilograms minimum. Um, Mm. So we then had fleece sitting there, doing nothing for a whole year, and obviously going to waste. So we then decided to go out and get some females and start, uh, we actually brought females in that were pregnant, um, so we didn't have to worry about that part. And then basically we then expanded more alpacas when we come down to Wales. We didn't do much with them when we was in Surrey, sort of right. thing, so we kept okay, it. Okay, uh, so started so in, in Surrey. Surrey, it was just... Five, uh, five boys to begin with. Yeah, five boys and, then, and, and then uh, five girls them. that were yeah. all um, pregnant, sort of thing, right. so we brought them in. And mm-hmm. found that was the easier way than getting a stud and then making sure everything was right and, and all of that lot sort of thing. So, yeah. 
Yeah, so it's a, a good easy start then. Yeah, and what's the, the the setup you have now in terms of the farm here? So basically, um, we have now over I think we've got about forty or forty five. I can never remember alpacas now. We breed our own. We have brought some in since being here to obviously increase it because of the the gestation period so long that the business of us producing the fleece, turning it into products is going faster than we've got the animals and the, the fleece for. So we, we've gone out, brought more alpacas right. to increase the herd. Um, obviously we've got plenty of land to do that now. We can rotate around, leave some, and then there's still plenty of grass. Where in Surrey, we didn't have enough land, but up here we've got much more acreage yeah. um, sort of thing. Cause you know, it's quite surprising how quick they go through through the grass yeah um, it does yeah sometimes you think oh that's that's a yeah, good, that, that's a good, good stop but and, it wasn't and do, do you find that they they're a bit not fussy but <laughs> there's some bits that they'll, they'll eat and some bits they'll, they'll yeah there are gra- some graze bits, it right yeah. down and the yep. they'll leave yeah so um if they could just eat all of it it would be really nice yeah. but unfortunately they don't sort of thing yeah. but so uh, and have you just got alpacas no i've also got four highland cattle and da, 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 i think as of this morning because we just had lambs again hey. we've got 24 sheep now so so we're lambing mainly that was just a a different sideline for my Mm. daughter to introduce her into lambing um, and things like that sort of thing but um, there's no we're not going that route we've we just sell them on we don't actually do anything with them we're still keeping it as alpaca wool um, not sheep's wool so there's lots of different directions you can go with alpacas and how did you decide what it is that you wanted to do? So basically when we come here, we didn't have any idea what we was going to do. Uh, we'd already been making products from their fleece. So the first farmer's market we went to was Haverford West, uh, which some people nowadays say is quite a, a low, low place to be. But it was where we started and it's where a lot of other producers start that do other things. And then they go on to do bigger things. And then from there, we just basically got um, scene. We went to other markets. Uh, we do Aberystwyth. Uh, we do St David's. We do Newport Pems. Did a Royal Welsh Winter Fair. We're up at the Welsh Emporium in London this Sunday. So doing a Welsh event to you know show people in London what Wales has to offer. So we're taking our products there, and then basically we just got into a couple of shops, and it's all gone, gone from that one market into basically. All these different places now, yeah. sort of thing. That's, so, that's quite um, a lot of quite, quite a lot of travelling, quite a lot yeah. of expansion into yeah, and, and sort of t- taking on those. Things. And the reasons we do the different areas is because obviously the Haverford West one we don't do in the summertime because obviously they're local people. Where you go to St David's and you pick up the tourist trade, where they're not right. going to come back to next year, so you end up selling nice warm stuff on a hot sunny day which is um, every time I turn up at the market everybody laughs at me and says oh you won't sell anything today and then by the time I'm finishing you know I'm pretty much you know near enough sold out which is which is quite good we only use the natural colors um, to show people the different feel because there are there is a different feel between each color Mm. Um, some are coarser than others and we always promote it as a hypoallergenic product there are some people you can't convince that, you know, oh, it makes me itch, it makes me itch. Yeah. But you can never convince everybody. Um, we have had a few people that come up and have been vegans and have been wary of what we're doing. So we try to explain that, you know, the when they're sheared, it, it's for their own benefit. 
because obviously you can still get fly strike just like you can in sheep. Sure. Um, if we don't do it, then you know within two years, obviously you can leave it two years. Um, it's it's going to cause them medical problems. Um, so mm. if we don't do it, it's, it's cruel. Um, and the way we do it isn't cruel. We don't personally shear ourselves. We always get someone in that can shear because right. we don't feel we can do it quick enough or the right way for the comfort of the animal sort of thing. Sure, so it's yeah. always it's a challenge. Uh, it's a balancing. Yeah, yeah. I'd rather pay more to have someone come in and do it than me stand there and it takes me twice as long anyway and I do it all wrong um, sort of thing so <laughs> well you'd learn in the process but yeah, nevertheless yeah. it does take um, when, you've got, when you've got sort of 40 45 to, to do it yeah it's, it's, it's a lot quite sort of thing because um, obviously the toes and the teeth and everything else needs to be all at the same time yeah. I've learned to spin and do some of my stuff and then the rest of the stuff goes to a million cardigan um, right. so we can then brand ourselves as being made in Wales, made in Wales brilliant. because it yeah. comes straight from the farm to us or it goes from us up to the million up the road yeah um, so then it's a basically a local product yeah we then got him to then make us bed throws blankets uh, which have done really well they, they don't go that quick because obviously they're not cheap no. but come winter time people are buying them and um, and just love that bit and people understand why it's the price um, yeah. you know, and I guess for some of those things, they're going to be um, almost like sort of heirloom items where they're, yes. they're going to last a long time yeah. and they can be passed yeah. on. I know that you had some support in terms of funding and stuff through, yep. through Farming Connect, which is a Welsh, yes. yep. initi Welsh government initiative. How, how was that in terms of... Yeah, the Farming Connect, uh, Farming Connect was okay. The Business Wales side of things was a bit more harder to get funding. We've struggled with Business Wales because it's alpacas and people see them as pets there's not many people that take you seriously right. when you come along so you can have this wonderful we had a wonderful business plan from farming connect all done mm. and it was quite a nice business i like to go and work for it for myself <laughs> um, but obviously uh, bank wise that doesn't it doesn't match up um, so business wales then tend to not want to help you too much because there's no background of other people succeeding so much there isn't mm. enough of us out there you know if it was a dairy farm then they'd be straight on there the funds would be there the banks would be lending you but because you're something different right. and, it, and then the trouble is now it's just trying to get people out there and realize that this is a, a, a better product sometimes more than sheep's wool because it lasts twice as long it's twice as warm it's twice as thick it's hypoallergenic but it's just trying to get people to see that this can be a business and not just a hobby you know, it's fine to be a hobby, but there are some people out there that are running it as a business and there's so many ways you can go. Yeah. The other route we're going to do is have the holiday let to tie in the alpacas right. with that. So it's there if people want it. We were saying going to kit the holiday let out with the pillows and duvets oh, yes. all okay. made out of alpaca. Yeah. So then it's more of a unique experience because yeah. holiday let's a holiday let. But if you can just be that little bit different and then just show people what... What yeah. the differences and try and educate that. people about alpacas because even though there's a lot in this country at the moment that people are still a bit unsure is trying to educate them between the difference between llama and alpaca because I, 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 I can't the amount that. of signs that i've got up on the table i've got all the banners front yeah. and back ah oh, it's llamas it's llamas it's no it's an uh, alpaca there's something um, in people's minds i haven't completely worked it out yeah, but yeah I, uh, I, I oh these understand. spit these spit all the time i said no that's mostly llamas that spit alpacas aren't too yeah. bad only at breakfast time when you get your head in the way <laughs> um, sort of thing and then i've had people call them alpacos 
Um, so it's sounding like a pack of Doritos sort of thing. Right. Um, or are these are alpacas goat type things? And it's like, no, they're not a goat, anything right. near a goat. But yeah, so they're a just bit, alpacas. Bit of education still it's to just be trying to educate people yeah. that, you know, um, some people don't think you can have all of these colours, packers. So what I usually do is take boxes, baskets along with the mm. fleece in it raw to show them what dirty um, alpaca fleece feels like, that it's soft, that it's not got mm. the grease um, like sheep's wool has. It's not only trying to sell a product, it's trying to educate people at the same time. If I had a counter full of steaks and things like that and burgers, I don't need to educate anybody because they know where it comes from. But it's because it's alpaca yeah. and it's different, mm. it's just, it's not just a case of turn up to a market and sell, you've got to turn up, try and sell to people and educate them at the same time. It's, it's mm. there's a lot, there's a lot in it um, yeah. sort of thing. So do you have people visit the farm as well? Uh, we're just starting to, right. we're just starting to, because yeah. we needed to get fencing done and, sure. and make sure it was all, you know, because yeah. a lot of the fields were all open. Um, yeah. So we've we split them into sensible four acres each one, yeah. um, and that was all funded through Glastia, right. um, sort of thing. So they paid for the fencing, and you just have to put it in, yeah. um, sort of thing. So I must admit, since coming to Wales, there's been more funding to do the farming side mm. of things. Where back in Surrey, there was nothing. It wasn't eligible for anything, to be honest. So plans for the future, obviously, continue. Any particular direction? Yeah, plans for the future is the holiday let, um, increase the breeding, so increase my range of females to, so I can have a bigger herd of breeding stock so mm. that you know it continues because the trouble is what people need to realise is that when you start up a business, you need to be a year ahead all the time. Right. So if you wanted to grow next year and make your business bigger, you should have been thinking about that this year mm. because a if you buy your alpaca in after may june it's not going to have any fleece yeah. if you're waiting one to give birth then you're not going to see that fleece for another year so it's mm. it's not like a sheep where like the the sheep this morning gave birth to twins so all of a sudden there's two extra sheep yeah. but with the alpaca it's, it's going to be mostly that one so uh, it's a, it's a very rare yeah. occasion you get twins but it's not always um successful mm. um but it's a slower growth so you can't just, you've got to be planning a year and a half ahead each time sort of thing. So yeah, the main plans is the holiday let, try and get more people onto the farm, introduce people back into spinning. Also want to learn how to use a floor loom. Um, right. So I have one of them down in the barn to yeah. start, you know, not perhaps do all of my blankets, but just be able to show people mm. um, traditional trades that are, you know, disappearing. Yeah. Um, sort of thing and with the price of you know sheep's wool for um, what you get I think we got about £1.71 for the fleece last year each one um, it's time to take you know alpaca fleece on and and show mm. people you can make a profit out of it um, and it's there is more to it than meets the eye. Thinking of, of people who might be interested in getting started um, you started with five yep. males and, and that kind of thing is there anything Two questions. One, is there anything you wish you'd known before you started that nobody told you? <laughs> yes. Uh, when we went out and brought, uh, well, we checked around a couple of people that had alpacas for sale. Um, but what we've found is no one told us that when they get sheared, A, you're going to have a nightmare trying to find someone to shear them for you. 
um, because not many people want to touch two, three, five. Um, so the first year we had alpacas, um, we didn't get ours done till August. Now we wasn't happy about that because obviously welfare of the animal mm. again, but they got done eventually. Um, and then when you try and take it to a meal and it's like, well, if you haven't got 25 kilograms, then you can't, you can't yeah. be processed sort of thing. So typically what are you getting from an animal? Uh, basically between three and four kilograms yeah. per, okay. per fleece. The other thing as well is the thing to learn is before, if you do have enough alpacas and you do get to the meal, is always make sure you clean it first. Because the first year we took all our fleece up and what the meals do is they actually charge you for what goes in, not what comes out. Okay. So all that dirt in there and all the bits of straw and all the rubbish is all weight. So they charge you for that weight. And what we got out at the end was one expensive bill and not that much wool. Right. So we've learned now to, we've actually made a frame up uh, yeah. with a wire mesh and we run it all over and the amount of dust and dirt yeah. that comes out, it's quite surprising. We pick through, it's quite a tedious job, but if it's yeah. going to save me money in the long run is mm. always clean your fleece first. Now, I don't mean actually wash it, but just no. dry, Make sure dry clean it uh, and take all the rubbish out, get all the dust out and get rid of that weight and pick through anything that, you know, brambles and... Yes, they're always Because the trouble is <laughs> an alpaca, you know, will be absolutely clean all year round and then the day of shearing, oh, they'll they just... find a nice dust bath and roll in it just before it's shearing time. Yeah. So um, yeah, yeah. we've had that Absolutely. many of many of times <laughs> they seem uh, to know yeah That's right. um the other thing as well is if you're starting up is to find perhaps a shearer first before you buy them so then you know you've got the animal welfare standards in place because you don't want to go and get them and then find no one can shear them for you mm -hmm. or if you buy from someone local is find out where they shear first that that's mm -hmm. that was a main concern for us is not shearing yeah. in time um mm -hmm. because you you know will end up in especially in the heats yeah. of these summers now. It's, it, it's difficult because you don't want to go too early because the weather can be bad yeah. in terms of wet. And we, we have hot spots, yes. but it might not. Yeah. And it's variable year by year. Yeah. So you just got to kind of... Yeah. And the other thing we learned as well um, is never get a sheep shearer to shear your alpacas. Right. It must be an alpaca shearer because they're done, they're done differently. Oh, that sound, to, to, absolutely. It yes. sounds like some hard one. Yes, yes. So an alpaca, an alpaca shearer wisdom. can uh, shear a sheep, but it can't be the other way around. Right. So, uh, so that's one thing, one thing we learnt there, yeah. is uh, you can't just get anybody in just to clip away um, sort of thing. So uh, Anything else you think would be good for people to, to be aware of? They get, yep. Thinking um, about if you've got wet ground, is keep an eye on fluke. Uh, we did lose one um, to fluke. We, now, we was treating them for fluke, mm. but it just needed to be a higher dosage. Just check with your vet first. Because the trouble is, a lot of these vets, you're an experiment to them because they're so used, especially up here in Wales, it's dairy or it's sheep, mm. and that's it. There's not, there's not much else going on. Yeah. Um, so you're seen as a bit of an experiment. Um, but make sure your vet knows the local vet or try another vet that knows what they're doing um, because I say we did lose one um, to fluke and it was instant it was pretty much mm. one day it was walking around fine the next day it couldn't get up and it was all over the place and it was sadly put down mm. um, the only trouble is what we had then um, because the vets weren't experienced 
uh, we got a phone call once he'd put the alpaca down and we was on TB lockdown because he suspected it of being TB. Right. The alpaca was taken away, picked up uh, by the special people, taken to a laboratory to be examined. And it wasn't TB, it was fluke. But because the vets aren't quite experienced, mm. you can get caught out. Now, being shut down for TB can be a very scary thing because one minute we had a business and then by the afternoon we didn't have a business because if then all of our livestock was tested um, and the testing for alpacas against TB can very, very flexible at the moment. It doesn't always prove that they are or they're not. So it's not quite a, a decent test at the moment um, is that you could then lose all of your herd just like that. Um, it, it's something. Uh, the other thing as well is to make sure is obviously insurance wise, right. um, get them insured because of the sheer cost of of buying investment, them, investment. Yeah. Um, you know, don't just get them and treat them as a pet. You've got to, it's worth getting them insured um, sort of thing. Yeah, I think um, insurance works on a, a percentage of the value yeah, of the animal. Yeah, so. that's it. And then if you're doing it business-wise, we done what most farmers would do is we had, um, so basically if the alpacas did go down and we needed to sing, we had a 12-month break that we would then be paid for 12 months loss of business as well so we had a right, we, okay. we paid more for that to make sure that we could still continue to continue yeah. to trade yeah. um sort of thing so uh, um other than that um the only other thing is obviously if you do is to make sure you check your fleece if you are storing it because one minute one little white moth oh, can yes. be in there and then the next minute there's about 30 or 50 and that whole bag of fleece then goes yes, out yes. for rubbish yeah. We had it in the whites and the dark browns. They only seem to like the two colours. Okay. So the greys and the chocolate browns, absolutely fine. But there seems to be a two colour bit with us. Um, and it's quite surprising how quick they can multiply. And, it, and it's not worth picking them out. Just take the whole bag out and yeah. get rid of it. It, it. You would end up losing the rest of it, yeah. to be so honest. So that's care what we do. Yes, storage, yeah. Yeah, storage and, as well. And using it as um, and, and using it as well. Yeah. yeah. Great. Well, thanks, Steve. That's really that's helpful right. as, a, as, a, yes. as an overview of yeah. what you're doing and what you've learned. Yep. Um, and also the kind of thing that people hmm. need to take account of yes. if they're thinking about it themselves. Yeah. Well, so that's what you've gone gone is a started as, as, as a, one level yeah, and then kind of gone into to very much as a business. Yep. Um, and the options are there for going mm. different directions, we've already said, but also the options there for staying smaller. Yes, um, yeah, you don't have to, you can have them as pets. And, yeah. and the other thing as well is they're very good um, for, for guarding against uh, foxes and things like mm. that. Um, we did take our dog in there a little while ago and forgot to put him on the lead and he was chased out of the field. Um, but it, it's, it's good because yeah. it keeps them on their toes and, and they really do protect yeah. um, because we actually saw that last year when we had one of our ewes uh, down the field it gave birth late in may and of a night time four of the female alpacas actually slept round this uh, ewe and lamb for the whole night um, hmm. and protected them so it's there quite go. good to see that they're a you know a yeah. protective animal absolutely and it's one of those things we haven't got sheep at home so yeah. uh, i know that they they react to foxes and, yeah. and things around but um, when you do hear the experience, the people who've got the sheep and, and the alpacas, it it's just amazing. And, and, and I want farmers say, if I hadn't seen that with my own eyes, I wouldn't have believed it. No. So it's good to know that as well as the 
the stories, there are actual yeah. evidence that, yeah. that that's, really that's a benefit. Time, so yeah, yeah, excellent. Yeah. Great. Thanks again for your time, and we'll see you again soon, hopefully. Okay, thanks a lot. This has been another episode of the Alpaca Tribe, the podcast for alpaca people. Comments or questions? Please send an email to steve at alpacatribe.com. I would love to hear from you. That's all for now. Thanks for being here and joining me on the journey. Go spend some time with an alpaca. See you again soon. This is the Alpaca Tribe, and I'm Steve Hetherington.